social media owners, you know, people who own whatever platform, be it for entertainment or meeting people, they're just ripping us off. They literally do not care about their customers. There is no consumer protection of any sort. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to everyone, uh, depending with where you're tuning in from. It's a beautiful Sunday. And today I'm with Christine for our weekly podcast show, Africa Aisha, where we talk about all things African. Um, last week we spoke about um, domestic violence during COVID-19 and we welcome all the engagements that we get from you guys. So today we've got quite a very different topic, I must say, from the usual um, because I think this goes beyond African problems or trying to come up with African solutions. So we're going to be talking about online dating in this age. Uh, this being necessitated by the, I don't know if it's a documentary or movie that Netflix recently put up online, Tinder Swindler. And I think Christine had the benefit of watching it. So she'll probably give us a back, just a short rundown of what happened. But um, the idea for this podcast really is to talk about um, online dating, especially for professionals. So maybe to paint a perfect picture for everyone, Christine, uh, before I do that, rather, can you just say hi and then we can paint the picture and then you talk about the, the, the movie or the series or the documentary and then we get into the discussion. Hi, hi, everyone. And thanks to you for this introduction. Yes, indeed, it's going to be an interesting topic tonight. Should I let you take it away from here? So after hearing the buzz about uh, Tinder Swindler, Christine, which I haven't watched, by the way, I had to think really deep about online dating and, you, you know, as a professional, right? Okay. And I had to be very practical about it. So I look at my life. I have got a, I, I hate to call it an, an eight to five job because we all know that it's not, right? So I, from Monday to Friday, I dedicate from 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. all those hours to the work that I do. And on weekends, sometimes I'm working, right? And I also have obligations with Africa IC. I have to be a church. I have to do a lot of other things. I have family to visit. So the question becomes, at what point do I meet a person? Do I meet a potential partner? Do I meet my husband-to-be? Right. So... Practically speaking, you're, you're probably working in an office that has got um, 52 people, right? And 10 are guys. And of the 10 that are guys, seven are already married, right? And then you've got a pool of probably <laughs> 10 girls who are not married. And obviously, we all know that relationships at the workplace do not go as planned, right? So you stay in a secluded setup. You can't meet guys out there. You don't have the time, actually. You, there is no time for professionals to be meeting. I'm going to be very biased towards professionals because that's the lifestyle that I know of or rather that I'm used to. So I wouldn't blame somebody if they decide to try online dating because it then makes the job easier, right? Instead of you trying to go to the club or wherever that you think you can find a guy, you can just click when you're probably, you know, having your lunch at work or you're probably at home and you're trying to sleep. You decide to swipe left or right, depending with whatever that you're doing and whatever platform that you're on. Right? 
But now it almost feels like online dating is no longer safe, especially for women out there, right? I've had crazy stories of people who have been on Tinder and they've been sexualized, right? I've, I've heard stories of people who were abused. And then now we have got this Tinder swindler guy who obviously was doing some of the craziest things. So the question becomes, what then becomes the safe options for professionals out there to actually meet, connect, and probably get married, right? So, Christine, maybe you can start by telling us what really happened with Tinder Swindle. Just a very short um, summary of the issue. Please don't be infuriated because I know it's a very <laughs> infuriating subject, especially for women. Okay, uh, Chido, thanks a lot. So, uh, a quick comment on the Tinder Swindler. It's a true story, a true life-based story that happened to several women where what the guy did is that he would uh, pose on Tinder as this billionaire and now what he would do is that he would connect with uh, women and then uh, he would make them fall in love with him and this would be through like in, in the first scenario, uh, flew out the girl on a private jet, took her to expensive dinners, and then what he would do is that he would make the girl literally fall in love with him. He would buy her flowers. He would really spoil her. He would love bomb her. And then the girl, of course, catches on to this. Uh, he even promises and says, you know, we should move in together. And then she has to go house shopping uh, or house hunting. And then now what happened was that uh, the guy would now uh come up with a scenario where he has been attacked and he has this story where he has enemies running after him uh because he's a billionaire who deals with gold uh at least that's what he's told to one of the uh, girls uh, and then now uh what happens is that he, he has enemies who have attacked him so suddenly out of nowhere one night you know sends photos of himself having been been in a scandalous situation or an attack where his bodyguard was taken out and literally just says, you know, the situation is really bad. I need to run away so if you could send me money. So in short, now what happens is that these girls, they go out of their way to borrow money. So, and it's in the tunes of uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds. It's like really huge money for all the girls. And then now what they would do is that they would keep sending him the money and what you do is that you take the money that one girl sends to take the other girl out on dates and such. It was a crazy uh, situation, children. And I think the reason why most people are, you know, like infuriated with it is because I think it, it happens in life. Like only that this was one of the documented stories. But if you speak to people, this is something that has happened to them where you meet someone who just literally swindles you. Uh, but this happened now in the context of the dating app Tinder. A lot of people who have tried to use Tinder, uh, now it becomes very concerning for them. Personally, I've, I've been on Tinder, but I came to the conclusion after a very short time, I don't think I lasted a week or I just downloaded the app. And then I realized this thing, uh, it's a lot of catfishing. And what people do is that what is there um, on the Tinder app and the image someone projects or portrays there and what the reality is are very different and you can tell it i mean you literally just look at what the photos are what people are saying um what someone is uh, saying they do and you're like there's no way this thing is a real life situation so and and i think that's why uh the situation is such that uh 
you feel infuriated because you see there are genuine people in there but then there's also a lot of people you know like looking to swindle there are people who are catfishing others are doing all manner of things on that app so and i think it's an interesting question that you asked then where do professionals go to meet um yeah to meet uh, potential mates <laughs> if i may use that word uh chido wow thank you so much christian for that uh i i, I already feel like i've watched it I don't think there would be any reason for me to do that without obviously throwing a fit. So yeah, I I also have had uh, or now since we're being very real, I've also had experiences with um with Tinder when I was somewhere there very many 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 years ago and I'm putting a disclaimer before I met you my love for my current partner so that he doesn't empty and livid but yeah I, I was on tinder and i must say that my experience was far from pleasant so after that i obviously had to ask around and you know have conversations with my friends who have also tried this online dating thing and it seems they we all shared the same particular problem with tinder that um it just became you know a very toxic place to be and i'm not surprised that uh they had to come up with this documentary or rather a real life story about a guy who was doing you know was swindling women because i think quite a lot of that happened and people don't talk about it i remember uh coming across a notification not a notification rather a post on twitter this other girl was talking about how she had sent money to this guy they met on tinder and the guy then just bounced off right so there are quite a lot of people who sort of resonate with this um story although i have personally have not lost any money to anyone but it has all been about i think misplaced priorities if i could say that you go on a dating site right even if it's a christian dating site you're hoping to meet a stable person right you go on a couple of dates see if you guys are compatible and have a beautiful story it might necessarily not lead into marriage but you get what i mean you get to meet good people but i feel like all oh, that has been marred in a, in in a way that it just becomes a hookup site right so it, it almost feels like it's a place where you go if you want to commit all these other heinous crimes and or if you want to get a quick fix so it almost i i i actually think that they are regular people who benefit off tinder or these other dates i'm going to single out tinder uh, and and sort of prey on those other women that they, they they perceive to be new right so if you're not if you're new to this dating you obviously create your profile you're hopeful you're optimistic you're looking for a person and then the first five six guys that you meet is the same opera models of operant like they are just doing the same thing they want to hook up they want to disappear they want to get money out of it they want to do all these other things i've heard stories of people who have had um you know who had to invite tender people over and they were robbed you know like what's happening <laughs> what's happening <laughs> i get really much frustrated because i'm thinking of people who are so busy right and you can't go to the supermarket to wait there in state waiting for a guy to say hi to you right you are not going for enough business dinners and breakfasts to meet people and i think covid has actually made it even worse because we were in lockdown for the past 2 3 years right so obviously online dating becomes the quickest thing the easiest thing to do but 
I mean, if people are now getting to experience these funny, funny stories, I, I, I wonder. It, it, it's like we moved from the stigma of online dating. You know, the stigma that used to, to be associated with online dating, right? Or online dating. You understand that if you would tell people that I'm, I'm on an online dating site in, in 2015, thereabout, people would look at you funny, right? But now it's becoming your hookah street a brothel of some sort i i I don't understand christian yeah chido i agree and i remember sometimes looking at some of the profiles and thinking to myself how does someone have the courage to put a photo of themselves with their full face right there and say such things you know like i'm looking i'm like yo this is a lot hey but (laughs) just to say uh it, it's also, I think, uh, a few things that you said, especially like the stigma around it. I think also it's the whole thing about technology, the industrial, the, the fourth industrial revolution and people embracing uh, the digital world. And you see such a thing as someone going through the same thing uh, on Tinder in the UK, someone, the same thing is happening to someone in Nigeria, the same thing is happening to someone in South Africa, in Kenya, you realize like, and how even the shared experiences from this one up, we all almost have a script where we are reading from. And watching that documentary, I look at it and I'm very familiar with what happens on Tinder and I can see how it happens, yeah? So that it's no longer stories that are removed uh, out there that you hear. You know, this is something that happens in the UK and the US. I mean, it's no, no, really. It's something that happens like right in your doorstep, which I find it's really amazing. Like when you think about it in terms of like the digital and the technology kind of thing. But then also, Chido, as you say, uh, maybe it's time uh, for possibly a professional kind of uh, dating place. But thing thing is that human beings being human beings, even on that site where you say, you know, you have to be a professional person, you know, like a sort of like a LinkedIn page for <laughs> dating, you'll find swindlers there because... You see someone who just needs to, like, which is the danger of the digital side also, is that you can portray an image of yourself that's not true. You can, the same way on Instagram, you can take photos of yourself uh, looking all fancy and all these, these things happening, but no one knows how you, what is your worth. No one knows how you woke up that morning. No one even knows where you live. You can go to a restaurant and always make sure, you know, you take all nice photos and Let's not even mention the filters that you can apply to those photos to look amazing. So that now, when you when you think about it, Chido, it's it's like on one hand, it's like a real global village where even you can't even start speaking about the stigma around it because uh, it's it's almost has been embraced. But also at the same time, you look at it as something that has also created this this avenue for people who are really horrible to gain access to people who are so removed from such horrible behavior like it's it's literally staggering when you think about it because there's an innocent person uh out here who has no as uh, cannot even fathom that this guy like the one who is swindling people in this way even exists right out there in the in the uk and also she the other thing to say is that like this guy he wasn't only uh conning women in one country he was doing it across Europe. In fact, he's not even... Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. His business, he had a conglomerate. It was an international business. It was, it was, Chido. And it wasn't... So you can't say it's, it's possibly that 
It could even be millions of other girls who, who have experienced, not well millions, but many more girls who have experienced what this guy did. And they could be anywhere. They could be in South Africa. They could be in Nigeria. They could be anywhere. Because the guy literally was, was flying private jets across, you know, like across Norway to, uh, to the UK, to Amsterdam, to literally anywhere. Like the girls who are conned are not from one country. He himself is, is, is from Israel. So I'm literally telling you, Chido, it's this global village when you think about it, that someone needs to even actually pay attention to what's happening uh, in the UK in such a thing, because it could very easily be happening to someone in Namibia by the mm-hmm. same, with the mm-hmm. same person as the perpetrator. Like, that's the crazy thing that, about this. That's very true, Christine. I think you said something about having an online dating for an online dating site for professionals, right? More like LinkedIn, right? And I would, ordinarily, I would be inclined to agree with you, right? So if you check uh, most of the social media platforms that we have currently, LinkedIn seems, seems to be for sane professional people, right? People go there to post their professional achievements, to connect on a professional level. It's, it's completely different from Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, right? You obviously expect to take, you obviously are inclined to take somebody you virtually meet on LinkedIn seriously. But have you noticed what has been happening with LinkedIn lately? Where people are all of a sudden posting semi-nude pictures, right? All in the name of, I want to thank God so much I got a job. And in my mind, I'm thinking, fine, you got a job and we celebrate. But at what point is your picture telling us about the job? You understand? (laughs) And I have had, personally, I've had experiences with LinkedIn where people sent connection requests, right? And I accept it. I, I check out the profile. It seems as if uh, there is mutual benefit, right? And then the next thing, a person comes right straight into your inbox and they start being chitty chatty. And the way people on LinkedIn are so cunning, Christine, it's, 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 it's so disheartening because they start talking to you from a professional level. They start asking for, you know, ideas or they, 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 they go through your profile. They see what you do. They comment. They listen to one of the Africa Asia podcast or webinars, right? And they start talking about it. And automatically, I'm interested because I'm like, yeah, let's talk about it. You know, let's try to brainstorm together. And then the next thing, they, you start exchanging ideas or material. They get a hold of your email address. Thank God forbid if they get a hold of your personal phone number because they start calling you at very odd and weird hours. We have talked about this privately, Christine, of how I met certain people that are, that, that we both know through social media. And then they start saying the weirdest things. They start making very weird advances. Let me tell you of a situation that was very embarrassing. There is a guy who got, got in touch with me on LinkedIn way, way back. And he seemed to be quite a sane guy. He starts talking about mobile money. I'm interested. He works for a mobile money company. And I'm thinking there could be something that we can learn from each other. We started becoming, I'm going to put friends in quotes and use that word very cautiously because we are not friends. Little did I know that the same person decided to talk to my other friend. And an error of his own, he didn't know that we were friends. So he starts making advances. Literally, I think you'll just copy and paste the messages because they were the same. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm now talking to my friend. I'm like, yo, dude, there's this weird guy. We used to talk about A, B, C, D, and E, but now the conversation has just become so weird, hey? This is what he's saying, and I now feel very uncomfortable. And then she says, what's the guy's name, hey? And I'm like, okay, sorry, and so. Guess what? She literally had the same story. It was, oh my word, it was so embarrassing. It was humiliating. We almost felt like creating a group for that guy and be like, okay, dude, are you honestly being for real right now? And it's all coming from this and this whole illusion that LinkedIn is for fresh professional people. Sorry. So if I'm going to be talking to Christine on LinkedIn, it means that we have got a same interest or a professional goal that we're trying to achieve. And I think for me, I've been very stupid enough because I have met very amazing people on LinkedIn who became friends, right? We have done several things together. We are, we're working with this assumption that this is a globalized village. The internet brings us closer together, right? I don't need to be in Kenya right now, Christine, to be doing this podcast with you. We can do it over the internet. That's how, that's the beauty of, you know, the digital, the digitalized world. But if then people are now using it to prey on people who seem to be oblivious, that's just wrong. Yeah, Chido. So, so I just wanted to say there will not be a, a way of verifying that the people that are joining the the online the online dating site for professionals are actually not psychopaths because I don't think the 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 people are going to be asking for qualifications. You get what I mean? Like, can you send us to postgrad diploma so that we know that you went to you know using for a professional? Or can you send us your work email? Or rather, can you send us um a a a, a mark shot of you posing at your company profile or whatever? If there is no way to verify that, I think it becomes so difficult. And a lot of these professional people is that people that are being preyed on, they are people who've got so much to lose in terms of, you know, goodwill and, and image and whatever. So they can't come up out in the open and say, I have been a victim of online dating. Yeah, Chido, I completely agree with what you're saying. In fact, I've remembered that um, one of the CEOs of uh, a company that I know uh, is LinkedIn was hacked uh, by someone who now started using his account to solicit for various things. And so uh, now what happened was that how I came to know about it is that I received a message from the uh, from the LinkedIn account of this CEO person uh, asking something from me. I, I don't recall what it was. Uh, telling me something like, you know, we could we could get into a business deal together uh, let's chat and let's talk about it. And then, I was, I, you know, to my mind, I was like, this is actually someone respectable. For what reason would he message me in this, in this way to tell me that we could get into a business deal together? And I remember I just ignored the, I ignored the message. Then a couple of months later, I meet this person or through someone else. I ask, what was going on? Like, why were these messages being sent? And then the person was so embarrassed and they said, uh, their the LinkedIn account was hacked and someone started soliciting. In fact, I think I received the list of the requests, <laughs> the, the list of the worst requests that this person who had hacked the LinkedIn account was, was making. But Chito, the thing is that I think uh, the message is that it doesn't matter which account it is, even if it was like an online um, app that only admitted professionals, someone can hack onto that account and do these sort of things and literally just you know like swindle you like out empty to nothing you know uh but then also at the same time 
I've, I've remembered that uh, my Tinder experiences. Now, if I may speak about it, uh, with a with someone messages me and tells me uh, that I need to send them my LinkedIn profile so they can verify that I'm a legit person. And I remember thinking to myself, what do you think this is, a job interview? And I remember just thinking to myself, either maybe it's someone being cautious or someone just being um, like soliciting for information about you. Because on LinkedIn, as you said, is that people are a bit more, um, I think, honest. So that I cannot say, for instance, that I studied at, uh, you know, Harvard and put it right there on my profile when I didn't study at Harvard. Because one, there, there'll be mutual connections who'll be like, Harvard class of 2015, who is this who we've never known, you know? Uh, and then also, I can't say something like, you know, I work for, you know, um, Google, because uh, colleagues will look at it and think, who is this person who says they work at Google? Well, this is the assumption that there's no psychopath out there who I know they are, who have, have an entire fake LinkedIn profile. Such people exist. But I think at least more people with some conscience, not many of them will be willing to take such a step where you just go and have a whole forged uh, LinkedIn profile. So I think, and, and in, that, in that sense, at least like in this case of the Tinder Swindler um, documentary, the difference was that this person was able to con people posing as an employee uh, or an owner also of a diamond company. Or was it gold? Mm. But you see, if it was like on LinkedIn, to have the courage to, and actually, Chido, this, this company exists. This gold company actually exists. And it is owned by people who has changed the name and taken their last name. But you see, if it was like on LinkedIn, you could easily look and see, like, uh, the person has the courage to even go put that as the company where they're employed. So I think at, at least at some point, there's some, some bit of, you know, uh, cleanup on what the person is saying. If there's at least a platform where you can counter check and see that this person has given at least an information that I could look into. But all that said, uh, the world being what it is, people being what they are, I just think even right in the in the middle of your home where you're not in a dating app, someone will swindle you. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, Kristen, I, I, I was actually then just doing a, you know, out of interest because this guy seemed to have had um, the whole swindling th business figured out. And w rumor has it that he served a 15-month uh, jail sentence for fraud, forgery, and whatever, because he was arrested um, after he got caught in Greece using a fake passport. So after serving the jail time, he was released. He's a free man, as we speak right now, which means that it's another... Uh, psychopath that has been unleashed on women and what scares me the most is there are going to be a lot of people who fall victim to this guy's um, tactics. He might necessarily not try to look for people on dating apps but I mean in real life and there is something so strange about humanity that attracts some women to psychopaths and guys who have got such a very funny uh, portfolio. And I'm saying this because I used to notice it in Cape Town, hey, that the people that um, everyone would know, the, these guys commit the weirdest crimes over the internet or they're what, you would always find them with partners, hey? It's like, 
some people are just so attracted to the drama and the whatever, which makes me feel so sad because this guy is going to continue with whatever that he does and victimizing a lot of women. And also there are women who are generally not so much into showbiz. Like they don't watch movies. They don't go up with the hype. You know, they don't even know that there is a documentary that has been made that has something to do with him. And then they meet him and they fall prey to the same guy number one number two it almost feels like before uh netflix then aired out the documentary this guy went back to tinder went back on tinder after saving the jail sentence how ridiculous is that which makes me feel that most of these online dating sites um developers or rather owners are not really concerned about the welfare of their clients or customers they're just concerned about pushing numbers because if you know that this guy has been committing these crimes via your platform, I feel like you're not supposed to let him come back. But the fact that they only had to suspend his account or rather ban him from, ban, I'm going to use that cautiously, ban him from using uh, the dating app only after the, the, the documentary was aired. I feel like that's so hypocritical, hey? That's not them taking people seriously. Uh, two things that you've said, which I've also seen on the comments that most people have been making, especially on twitter one is that there are people who will not get this information because especially there are countries again who who limit uh content like you can't you have no access to google you have no access to youtube no access there are countries that are like that this guy is not limited in his ways of getting to those women in those countries so it's going to keep going on but also even there are those who have not much uh, engagement in any of these social media platforms to get this information. But then also, I think it's true what you say, like about Tinder and most other uh, apps. You see, you pay. There's a premium you have to pay to access certain features on Tinder. As long as you can pay that, then you can be there on and swindling and doing whatever things. The developers, in honesty, if you ask me, there's, there's no safety that you're guaranteed on that app. You're on your own. Once you subscribe to that thing, pay the money to the person who is operating it, their their bank account, you know, like Swells app, you're on your own on that app. Whether you meet someone who cons you or what you said that uh, someone comes, you have a meetup with them and they beat you up and they rob you. If those things happen to you, literally you're on your own. And I think that's, the, you know, Chido, we have spoken in the past about like, uh, you know, even things like uh, the good things about the digital world. Uh, and also the lack of human side on the digital world where like for instance someone would if you went to a shop uh, to buy to shop to get shoes someone would ask you like what's your size number engage with you a bit if it's a robot you just press a number like number four they give you a number four number six number eight you pick them return them do whatever there's this lack of um like human concern and i think as much as like this app is is there to make money for the developers, which again, that was the end goal of the of the Tinder app. It wasn't, I think, to make sure that people got married safely and lived happily thereafter. It wasn't. It was to make you connect, but the minute you do that, they'll give you the community guidelines, they can ban an account, but you're on your own. You know, like as far as it comes to like the repercussions of what happens to you through the people you've met on that app, you have nothing that you can go and, you know, like, you have no recourse, you know. Again, I think it's also like a past discussion that we've had about, like, what recourse do people have when someone has created such a platform and you end up suffering this much, what do you do? And again, on that documentary at the end, 
all the women who are conned still have the debt that they're still trying to repay and it's really really huge debt uh well the guy has been freed from prison and he's living his life nothing not even he's not he's not paying for any of that money nothing yes christine i just wanted to say not only is he not paying for that money he has not been formally charged for calling these women apparently and also <laughs> it, this guy still has a very functioning social media uh presence like he is so much on instagram i had to look i had to look him up because i was very curious yeah? he still has such a very vibrant social media presence and then you wonder at the end of the day, it becomes just a documentary. Netflix is also pushing numbers, eh, to make sure that they get money at the end of the day. But when it comes to these women who came out in the open to say this is what happened to us, there is nothing for them. They still have to pay back the debts. They still have to deal with the aftermath of whatever that was happening, right? So I genuinely feel that at the end of the day, uh, social media owners, you know, people who own whatever platform, be it for entertainment or meeting people, they are just ripping us off. They literally do not care about their customers. There is no consumer protection of any sort. And I think that's something that has to be addressed. Mm. Uh, no one cares. Mm. It's I, all about pushing numbers. I agree. I mean, not even Netflix, no one. I mean, it's only that you get that information, digest it, use it however. And it's normally where I see the hypocrisy where someone, uh, Twitter or another app just goes and decides that now it has these guidelines where if you speak about religious beliefs, they go ban you and tell you that you're causing mental harm to someone else. I'm like, you, you're kidding, right? Because the, the people, if you, if you want to protect your consumers of the content, if really that's what you're trying to do, you think the person who is putting this thing is worse than someone who is swindling other people where even Tinder should be one of the people who is bringing a claim against this person. Leave alone, you know, like for misusing their platform, you know, like for instance, say we want a claim for damages for you coming onto our platform and causing harm. Because again, I even wonder how this is going to affect, you know, like the image of, of Tinder. And this reminds me also, it was a common thing when I was in Cape Town, the, there, were, there was the taxis, like either Uber or Bolt, that I would ever have to use. I decided I would never use Bolt. And I think it's just, I think all over uh, in different countries, because the drivers there, you complain uh, something that happened, no, no one ever even takes it up. At the end of the day, you realize safety when it comes to these things is really my business. It's no one, no one's business. As long as Bolt is getting its cut from this thing, they really don't care about my safety. Uh, Chidua could go on and on about this, but uh, if you could make maybe your closing remarks, those are mine. Okay, thank you so much, Christine, for such uh, you know insightful closing remarks. And you mentioned Uber, and I thought like we could go on and on and talk for literally the next 10, 10, 10 hours complaining about how these um, online service providers are genuinely not on the lookout for their customers. And I think we need to start thinking around ways to make sure that they are also held accountable because there are a lot of things that are happening online and there's no adequate consumer protection. And it all comes back to this whole concept that Nobody has still has figured out as yet how to actually regulate these online service providers. It's still a conversation that's ongoing. And I feel that 
when these things start happening, this is when our policymakers actually have to open up their eyes and ears and start scratching their heads to think around, you know, regularizing these these services. Because honestly, it's going to continue and continue. And I'm 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 thinking now that with the way that you know digitalization is rapidly growing and being adopted uh, worldwide and the technologies themselves being continuously um, developed and 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 I would say upgraded policy is still going to be behind regulation is still going to be left behind so right now we all need to be putting together our minds to say how do we deal with this how do we make sure that people are actually held accountable for their uh, for their actions online using whatever online platform that may be. And if the owner of the online platform decides not to do anything about a complaint that would have been made, a genuine and legitimate complaint that obviously harms society like this one, then they also have to be sanctioned. They also have to be to be on the receiving end of whatever penalty that governments decide to give. Those are my closing remarks. But I know that it's very controversial and a lot of people will not agree with me, especially in the tech space. But I think at the end of the day, whatever product that you give to people, as long as consumers are not protected, then that product doesn't deserve to be out there. That's my thinking. Chido, if I may make a last remark with, uh, from what you just said, because you see, uh, most apps will tell you they have community guidelines and they say that it's for them to enforce those community guidelines. It's not for like the courts. It's not like you can have a recourse where there's a law, you know, the same way there's a criminal law for uh, battery or bodily harm. Uh, there should be a law for something like um, abuse of an online platform that was provided to you on this date. And that's a criminal case that could be opened against you for that. But if you ask for most of these apps, what they'll tell you is that they have their community guidelines. And in that way, if we are honest about what the situation is that the digital apps and the digital uh, the developers of these things, they're the ones who control what happens to us or not. It's really because if you decide not to ban someone or if you just decide to suspend their account, that's just about it. No other recourse can a person have. Uh, Chido, I think that's it for me. Thank you so much, Christine. Uh, thank you guys for listening through. We value your feedback. Um, please let us know what you think when it comes to this issue. I understand it's quite a very sore subject and we can have very, you know, varying and conflicting um, ideas or solutions, but let's keep the space, you know, engaging. Let's talk about it and see how best this can be remedied as a problem. But for today, thank you so much. It's been a lovely time, obviously emotionally reeling, but still a lovely time. Thank you, Christian, for... Uh, taking part in today's session and being open about your experiences goodbye thanks chido